0: find in your Bibles tonight, Nehemiah chapter number four, we'll begin reading in verse number one, 23 verses in this chapter and we're working our way through this Old Testament book of the Bible, God's burdened the heart of Nehemiah who was actually uh, captive in a foreign land and uh, had a good job in a foreign land as a Jew, cut to King Artaxerxes But he got a burden for his people and his land, and he got a burden specifically for the walls of Jerusalem, the city of God. And uh, he's overwhelmed with the burden, and he prays about the burden, and God works in his heart, and he goes to do something about it. If you remember last week, Uh, we were in chapter 3 of Nehemiah, and in chapter 3, he names off all the many different folks that were working on the walls, and it's encouraging to see all the different folks side by side serving God, doing the work of the Lord. And uh, one thing you can be sure of, we've met a couple scoundrels already. Anytime you attempt to do something for the glory of God, the devil's going to make sure that there are folks who come along who attempt to discourage you. And the devil is going to make sure that there's threats and uh, there's going to be, uh, be battles to be fought. But I can tell you this, uh, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And we have promise of victory through the Lord. And we come to this passage of scripture and we pick up in verse number one of chapter number four. And they're in the middle of building the walls and we're going to find out the enemies of the cause of Christ are doing what they do. The Bible says in verse number one of chapter four, but it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now, Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Verse number four, Nehemiah's response, he prays. Nehemiah says, Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. And cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee. For they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So built we the wall, and all the walls joined together unto the half thereof. For the people had a mind to work. But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashtadites Heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped. Then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed and there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversary said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them, and slay them, and cause the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto unto us ten times, From all places whence ye shall return unto us, they will be upon you. Therefore, said I in the lower places behind the wall, and on the higher places, I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and God had brought their counsel to naught that we returned all of us to the wall, every one unto his work. And it came to pass from that time forth that the half of of my servants wrought in the work, and the other half of them held both the spears, the shields, and the bows, and the hibergins. And the rulers were behind all the house of Judah, they which builded on the wall, and they that bear burdens with those that laded, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. For the builders, every one had his sword girded by his side, and so builded, and he that sounded the trumpet was by me. And I said unto the nobles, to the rulers, to the rest of the people, the work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall, one far from another. In what place, therefore, ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither unto us, our God shall fight for us. So we labored in the work, and half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. Likewise, at the same time, said I unto the people, Let every one with his servant lodge within Jerusalem, that in the night they may be a guard to us and labor on the day. So neither I nor my brethren nor my servants nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us put off our clothes, saving that every one put them off for washing. We come to this passage of Scripture, and we find God's people working and warring. We find them building, and we find them burdened with the threats of being uh, harmed. We find them being criticized and ridiculed, but the work must continue. And we watch Nehemiah, and we watch the people of God as they move forward without regard to the threat, the fear, the discouragement that comes along the way. I'll have you know that the devil's going to work however he can to attempt to get you and keep you from doing what God wants you to do with your life. The devil fights against God's people when it's time to go to church. Have you noticed that? The devil fights against God's people when it's time to read our Bibles. The devil fights against God's people when it's time to pray. The devil fights against God's people when we want to forgive. The devil fights against God's people when we want to reconcile and make peace and do the right thing. I'll have you know, if you want to do something for the glory of God, you can expect that the devil's gonna send things along the way to discourage you, to intimidate you, to scare you. Well, we learned something from Nehemiah, the nation of Israel. Look what The Bible says in verse number 14, in verse number 14, they're dealing with the threat of a battle at any time. They're surrounded by enemies. The Bible says in verse 14, I looked and rose up, Nehemiah, and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord. I love that phrase. Be ye not afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Tonight's message, be not afraid of them, remember the Lord. Be not afraid of them, remember the Lord. So many times throughout the Bible, when God wants to send comfort to his people, he uses a few very simple words. He says, I am with thee. Over and over again, when the Lord wants to comfort his people, he reminds them that he is present. He reminds them that he is mighty. He reminds them that he's faithful. God says, I'm here. And Nehemiah, on this particular moment, when the progress with the walls of Jerusalem, the work of God is moving forward, there's a fear and scare and there's a lot going on. And Nehemiah says to the people, he says, listen, be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord. I don't know what is on your heart this moment. From day to day and week to week and month to month and year to year, we carry around different burdens. But I can guarantee you this. You have no need to fear when you remember the Lord. Be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Let's consider a few things tonight that I hope will help you. The first point that I want to bring your attention is this. Number one, words. Words. When we start chapter number four, words are the tool of the enemy to discourage, to discourage God's people. Nehemiah. Someone said it like this, that, uh, that there are men who would stand boldly being shot at, but cower when they're laughed at. And words are a very strong tool in the hands of the adversary. And we should be uh, aware that our words carry great weight. And we should use them wisely and graciously. But we should also remember that words are a tool that the devil likes to use to discourage and harm God's people. And if you don't uh, haven't noticed it yet, there's lots of people who are really glad to run their mouths and say things that they shouldn't. Words. When we begin this chapter, verse number one, the Bible says, but. Now, that but is an important word because it connects us to chapter three. Now, in chapter three, there's a great group of people side by side, side by side, side by side, doing a work in great unity. And the walls, you can see them coming up. But, the Bible says, it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall. I've circled that little word, we I'm encouraged by Nehemiah's leadership. Uh, Nehemiah is not a person that is so primarily focused on him, himself, I, I, I. When Nehemiah is talking about the work that's being accomplished, he makes it very clear he may be the leader, but it's we that's doing the work. I love that. Sanballat heard that we builded the wall. When he heard it, he was wroth. And took great indignation and mocked the Jews. So we meet up with Sanballat. Here's Sanballat. He is so angry at the word. Now, I'll just tell you something. If you have a problem when God blesses other people, you are the problem. Does that make sense? Now, you watch this. You watch Sanballat. God is blessing Nehemiah. God is blessing Sandbalt's people and Sanballat's home and Sanballat's uh, promised land. But Sanballat, he does not like Nehemiah. He does not like the work of the Lord. He is so aggravated intimidated by the fact that something great is going on. Sanballat is upset. He's very wroth. He's great with indignation. And what does he revert to? What he reverts to is mocking, mocking. Now, we look down our nose, we say, well, I'll tell you one thing, old Sanballat, he is a real piece of trash, but I'll just tell you, it's not too hard for God's people, faithful attenders of the Chi Baptist Church on a Sunday night, to bring themselves down to a place where they're tempted to be a mocker and mock folks who they are jealous of, mock folks who they're angry with. And this is mocking that's going on. And Old Ballad is mocking the Jews. The Bible says in verse number two, he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria, And said, what do these feeble Jews? Now, this is fascinating to me. The Bible makes it very plain that Sanballat, he doesn't go to Nehemiah and say, Nehemiah, let me tell you something. I'm concerned about this wall. Uh, Nehemiah, I'm concerned about all the money that you're spending on this wall, all the effort you're putting forth. And I don't know that this is the best idea. Now, constructive criticism is great. As a matter of fact, I really appreciate constructive criticism in my life. I love it when somebody with a heart that loves me comes to me and says, hey, listen, I'm concerned about this. Is this right? Do You think this is the right? Why are we going this route? Why are we doing this? I love it. It's great. If you get, if you're the kind of person that gets all sideways and when someone questions you, let me tell you something, you're full of pride and what you're attempting to do, it's probably not right. And Sanballat, he didn't go to Nehemiah and say, Hey, Nehemiah, listen, I want you to know something. I'm not sure about this. No, Sanballat, what's it the Bible says? Sanballat did what we're tempted to do. When we disagree with somebody, we disagree with a work that's being done, when, we have, uh, uh, when we're jealous or angry about something that's being done. Sanballat, he spoke to his brethren. He got a group of his friends together and spoke to them. As if that wasn't bad enough, the Bible says, also he spoke to the army of Samaria. Now, Sanballat, what's he trying to do? Is he trying to help Nehemiah? Is he trying to do the right? No. Sanballat's angry and mad, and he's trying to stir up the brethren. He's trying to stir up an entire army of the nation of Samaria against the work of Nehemiah. He starts running his mouth before this group of people. And his words are words of ridicule. He says and asks questions. He says, what do these feeble Jews? He's like, what are these Jews doing? And uh, to make it worse than just asking a, a, a sarcastic question, he says, what do these feeble Jews do? He starts demeaning their character. He starts calling them names. What are, what are these feeble Jews, what do these feeble Jews? He says next, will they... Fortify themselves. Now he's talking to the army of Samaria and he says, You army of great men, he says, Will the Israel fortify themselves? Do you think that the building of these walls and the uh, shoring up of these gates, do you think they can fortify themselves against an army like you and the Samaritans going, Of course not. They're mocking. They're mocking. Their words are words that are intended to harm and discourage and discredit. Look at the next question. Will they sacrifice? Now you hear an old saying about, he's called them feeble, weak. And now he says, what are they gonna do? Pray to their God, offer a sacrifice and expect their God to come out somehow, come along and do something for them? Are they gonna sacrifice? Do some religious dance and work that, He's criticizing their faith. The blows keep getting low and lower. The Bible says, will they make an end in a day? Will they make an end in a day? It's like this. I don't think they'll make it another day. I don't think they can hold out. I don't think they have the stamina. They're weak. And the words of Sanballat continues to pound at the spirits of God's people. In verse number two, they say, and ask this question, will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now, it's true that limestone, when limestone gets really hot, it loses its structural integrity. And no doubt, there were certain stones in the rubbish heaps that had been burnt and lost their integrity. And instead of zeroing in on the fact that there was plenty of walls, the Bible says that the walls of Jerusalem were knocked down. The walls weren't burnt wholly. The gates were burned and they had to be repaired and they were uh, in ashes. But the primary wall that was being rebuilt, there was still material all around. But here's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy doesn't want you to think about the blessings of God, the, the quality and quantity of supply that you have and the fact that God's been Faith the enemy. What does the enemy wants to do? He says, "What are you going to do? Get enough stuff out of that rubbish heap of burnt limestone that won't hold up anything? What are you going to do? Burn? What are you going to do? Build something with nothing?" The devil and the enemy wants you to think there's no way that you could ever supply, you could ever provide, you could ever survive. The devil wants you to focus in on what you don't have instead of what you do have. Let's park there just a minute. We spend so much time upset about what we don't have. What we wish we could have. What they have and we don't have. Instead of praising and thanking God for what we do have. If you take just a minute and thank God for what you do have. Before you know it, you'll be a grateful Christian. And you'll be far less worried about the things that you don't have. Because I can guarantee you this, God's blessed you. And the enemy, what's the enemy doing? The enemy just keeps hammering with the words. What are you going to do? Revive the stones that have been burnt and lost their integrity? Now, our first toehead is Sanballat. But then there's toehead number two. The Bible says in verse three, Now, Tobiah, the Ammonite, was by him. Now, this is kind of funny to me, but I don't know this to be a fact. But when I close my eyes and I see Tobiah, have you ever met somebody? you got a Sanballat, and he's a big, loudmouth, and he's bold and arrogant. And then there's Tobiah, and Tobiah is the kind of dummy that stands by him. He's like, uh-huh, that's right. And now, I don't know that for sure, but Tobiah may have been some kind of leader. But I can just see it. Here you got Sandbad, he's like, rah, 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 And Tobiah, Tobiah, like, yeah, that's right. And then Tobiah is like, and I'll tell you something else. In verse number three. He says, even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down the, their stone wall. And Sandbad looks at him, like, where'd you come up with that when you'd bonehead? He says, even if a fox gets on the wall, it won't hold up the way of a little fox, it'll fall. Their words. Their words are brutal. Their words are unkind. Their words are aimed at the heart. And I don't know about you, but there have been many times in my short life that words from certain people have broken my heart. Words from certain folks have caused me to think again about the work that God's called me to do. And words have... Caused fear to strike in my heart. And I've just got to be honest with you. I'm not big enough to get the victory over that every time. Every, immediately. And you're probably not either. But I'm thankful all along the way. When the enemy uses their words to try to discourage. When the enemy uses their words to try to defeat. When the enemy uses the words to try to prevent the work of God moving forward. God reminds us of some things. God blesses us. Be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord. After Tobiah spoke up and said, the fox will break down your wall. What did Nehemiah do? I want you to see in verse 4 Nehemiah's response. I'll tell you what Nehemiah didn't do. Nehemiah wasn't taking notes. Nehemiah didn't feel obligated to answer every one of these ridiculous questions and statements and accusations that Sanballat had made. What does Nehemiah do? Does Nehemiah back up and fire back at Sanballat the same way that Sanballat had fired at him? No, not at all. Look what Nehemiah does. The first thing Nehemiah does is he says, Lord, here, Oh, our God, we are despised. Turn their reproach, verse 4, upon their own head. Give them for a prey in the land of captivity. Cover not their iniquity. Let not their sin be blotted out from before thee. For they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So built we the wall. What did Nehemiah do? Nehemiah, he said, Whew, Sanballat just unloaded the wagon on me. And he says, Lord, you know that situation. You heard that mess. Lord, you know what the devil wants to do in my heart about that. Lord, give victory to your people. Help us to trust in you. You see what happened? Nehemiah, he didn't feel obligated to go, "Mm." You say that one more time, I'm going to punch you in the nose. That's not how God wants us to deal with our conflicts. God doesn't want us to deal with our conflicts word for words. God doesn't want to, for us to answer in kind the same way that we're dealt with. The Bible tells us not to answer a fool according to his folly. But I'm going to tell you how tempted we are. Even as God's people, even folks who know better, when we get ridiculed and they use their words, what we want to do is ride back. And you may win a verbal argument. Now I going to tell you something, you're not going to be victorious. You know what? Nehemiah did, he said, Lord, you saw that, you heard it, you deal with it, take care of that for me, please, Lord, and the Bible says in the next verse, verse number six, so built we the wall. And all the wall was joined together under the half thereof where the people had a mind to work. What happened? In light of the ridicule, in light of the words, what happened? They just kept on building the wall. One of my favorite verses that's helped me so many times is found in 1 Peter 2 and verse number 15. It says this, So is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Have you ever had a situation in your life where someone ignorantly said something foolish about you and it was hurtful? How many of you have ever been in that situation? You know how you deal with that? You don't deal with it by... The Bible says this is the will of God. The way you silence the ignorance of foolish men is you just keep doing what's right. So is the will of God with well-doing. You may put the silence of the ignorance for You know what will happen? Over time, you do the right thing. God will prove you, and those folks won't be able to say one thing in opposition. And it won't be long in Nehemiah's life that Sanballat, Tobiah, the, the Samaritan army, and all these folks who are <laughs> laughing at the work of God and Nehemiah, their leader, it won't be long until they'll have to just keep their mouth shut because God is going to prove himself faithful. You see, when we're dealing with words that hurt us, words that harm us, words that are meant to destroy us and prevent us from doing the work of the Lord, we are to deal with those words, trusting in the Lord. Be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord. The Bible continues in verse number seven, but it came to pass that when sand ballots, so they kept building the wall, the wall keeps growing up. Oh, good, we got rid of them, it's over. Uh Uh-uh. Have you ever noticed that right after one battle, often there's another one? One day there's coming a time where there'll be no more battles. That'll be sweet. But until then, (laughs) we've got to trust in the Lord. The Bible says in verse 7, But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and Ammonites and Ashtadites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth. Then they were, guess what, oh man, Nehemiah got the victory. And in turn, they got more angry. The Bible says in verse number 8, they conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, what happened? In light of their words, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night Because of them. What happened? They said, look, they doubled down on their attacks. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God. I wonder if you might determine in your own Christian life that when you have these discouraging attacks from the devil, when you have these discouraging moments and these words from the adversary, when you're tempted just to throw up your hands and give up for the cause of Christ and give up the work of God and give up doing the right, give up on your wife, give up on your husband, give up on what's right and good and that you know is God's will. I wonder if you might just have this spirit that says, look, it was discouraging. Nevertheless, 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 we made our prayer unto our God And set a watch against them day and night. Because he said, nevertheless, we just kept on building. We just kept on building. We just kept on building. Nevertheless, folks, you're going to deal with words. You're going to deal with discouragement and threat of defeat. Be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord. And we'll pick up the rest of this chapter next week. Let's pray.